Okay, so now let's look at some of the other questions. We're going to take all the questions now, inshallah. Now on zakat first. So there's a few aspects that I need to talk about. Number one, organizations paying zakat, especially charity organizations. If it's zakat money that they collected, they don't have to pay zakat on that because it's already zakat money, right? Any other money that they collect together, then they have to pay zakat on that if it goes more than a nisab and it's, they, a year goes by on that just like with a, a person. So I guess a charity organization is considered a separate entity as opposed to a business in which you, you share it per head at the end, you share the revenues per head. As a, uh, an exception from this is a masjid where there's no zakat on the wealth that a masjid has. Because that's like a waqf, it's fi sabilullah, it's different. The other one, it's in a transitional period from going to one, from one place to another. And it, it needs to be, I mean, if they're going to give it to the poor people anyway, this is probably going to go into the same place. But let's say, for example, people are getting money together to do some da'wah project or something. You have to pay zakat if the money has been there long enough. I cannot pay zakat on behalf of my family or my friend or my mother or someone else unless I get their consent, unless they give me the go-ahead. So whatever money I'll be giving will be just charity from my, my side, it won't be discharged even if I'm taking it from their wealth. They have to have that intention. So if they say, yeah, go ahead, then you can do that. Like somebody asked me that, my mo- he says that myself and my mother, we share a, a bank account and she has been taking interest and I want to get rid of it. So could I just get rid of it? I said, yes, you can get, just get rid of it, but it's not going to absolve her of her sin. She has to seek forgiveness for that. Right? You'll be getting rid of the dirty money, but it's not going to absolve the sin. So she has to, you have to encourage her to make a istighfar, to, uh, to repent. Another very interesting one. You know people have these big Encyclopedia Britannicas at home? And they never use them? It was considered an adornment of an upper class to order Encyclopedia Britannica and put it in the front room of the house um, and they would never look at it. And they cost uh, about two thousand, they used to cost about two thousand dollars. Now if such a person Let's forget about the Encyclopedia Britannica. But let's say a scholar has a lot of books, but he has no money. Personal books. Now, can he receive zakat or not? Because mashallah, he's got assets. His books are worth thousands, possibly. But he has no cash, no money, nothing to buy food with today. Can he receive zakat? It says that if he has a working collection, meaning he uses those books, they're in his work, they're in his usage, then they are not zakatable assets, right? He doesn't have to pay zakat because he's not selling them. But they would hinder, if he was not using them, then because their value is more than a nisab, it would be considered that he's an owner of a nisab and he won't be able to receive zakat. But because they're not for business, he doesn't have to pay zakat, right? But if he's using them and he has no money, then he can receive zakat. If he's not using them, then he, cannot, uh, uh, then he cannot receive zakat either. Likewise with any 
if a mechanic has lots of tools but he stopped working, he can't receive zakat because he's got all of these um, tools. Die hard. No, snap on. Snap on, that's the one, right? So um, he can't receive. So that, that's you can understand from there. During the time of Umar ibn Abdul Aziz, zakat was eventually given to the Vimmi's comment. Um, I'm not sure about that. Um, didn't have okay. Wallahu maybe in that case it might be different, uh, that plate. Um, well, I, I'll try to look into that about in time of Umar ibn Abdul Aziz, if there's a situation where you can eventually give to uh, Vimmi's. Zimmis are the people who you have, um, who are living in a Muslim country and they are paying the jizya, they are there uh, as a citizen in a sense. Can you buy somebody a car with zakat if it's their first and they need to live in their area? Yes you can. You can buy a car with zakat money and give it to a poor person. Likewise, if you have a car that you're trying to get rid of, you can actually give it to a poor person as a gift and extract the value. But you, you can't do like they do for these charities where you get like the highest blue book value, right? You would have to get the value that you would be able to sell it at, the road value, the, the price. So you can't do that kind of chakkar. You can't do that kind of uh, manipulation in... Uh, in zakat, because you're, you're, you're not going to trick Allah, you can trick your uncle Sam, but not... Uh, in the wasab debt, due to a compound... In the period of a year, do you take into account your debts when looking to see if your wealth goes to zero? Yeah. If I understand this correctly, yes. If, you're, if you go into the red any time in the year, taking in your debts into account, Obviously so, that's true. You have to have at least a few dollars, you know, above zero. Uh, that's free of debt throughout the year for your year to end and become zakatable. Can you pay zakat a month before your year comes up or after the year comes up? You can definitely pay in advance, right? And then just match it to what you're worth on the day that it becomes necessary and then if there's any if it's more that you have to pay, then you know you pay that extra. Otherwise, you, you can pay in advance for years, they say. Then you just have to match it up every year and make sure that it's the same amount that you've paid. Paying afterwards is better not to delay, right? It's makru to delay. Unless there's a valid reason for you to delay. Let's say there's no poor people in your area and you want to send it to a particular place which really needs it. And there's no way for you to get there until after a month or somebody's going there. Then maybe in that case it may be permissible. But it would still be considered zakat in either case. If money is taken from your children, is it a debt to the children? Uh, I'm not sure what this means, but let's say what happens is people come and give a lot of gifts to the children. And is it permissible for the parents to use that money? Normally, it's not permissible for the parents to use the money of the child except for the children. Which means that if you're the ones who are spending on your children anyway, you know, you buy all their clothing and everything from your money, 
then the money that comes in is mostly not as much as you spend on them, then it's permissible for you to use that money and take that into your own money. But if they get large amounts of money, which are more than you would spend on them in those five years that, you know, or in, in the foreseeable future you calculate it, then in that case then you should not use that extra amount of money for yourself. Basically the children's money has to be used upon the children, but you can uh, overturn that with what you've already used upon them. It's very, it's very difficult sometimes to keep all the money that comes in for your children, for your children. Especially when this tradition sometimes that when somebody wants to give you money, they don't want to give it, they, you've done something good for them, then they give it to your children. They really want to give it to you to use, they want to help you out, but then they give it to your children. Right? So, uh, if it's, I mean, if it is for the children, I guess, you just have to treat it as being for your children, but you can offset that by the amount that you've spent on them. So it's not like you have to save that money until they reach puberty or something? No, no, no. No, because they have to buy clothing and everything, so you can use that on their money. You're just an administrator, you shouldn't abuse that money, but you can use it for the benefit of the child. How was $140 figure calculated to be the Nisaw? I thought that with today's value of gold, the figure is around 1,000. Uh, that is true, the, the Nisaw quantum of gold is about 800 to $1,000, but the quantum of silver is about $140, $150, right? I'm going to mention to you the exact amount of grams in that soon, but... Uh, uh, in deter uh, b before, the gold and silver nisab, the quantums of both of them were equal. Over the years, since the time of you know, the first generations, there beca uh, became a big divide between the two values. So now, at least in the Hanafi school, the ulama say that because zakat, the underlying factor of zakat is that we need to benefit the fuqara, the masakin, the poor people. So whatever is more beneficial, for the miskin, for the poor people, then that is what we will take into consideration. So if a person has only gold, then in that case he doesn't have to look at the silver nisab, he'll go by at least eight or nine hundred, whatever the nisab of gold is, he'll go by that. But if he's got a mixture of different wealth, for example, you know, he's got cash, which most people have today, or business goods, then he'll go by silver, even if he has gold along with it, because that is more beneficial for the fuqara, right? Otherwise you'd be depriving the fuqara of the amount. So that's the cautious way and that's the superior way, uh, way as well and that is the muftabihi uh, opinion. That's the, uh, that is the superior opinion in the Hanafi school for sure. Since we don't have a khilafah which is supposed to collect the zakat, our discharge of zakat is still valid in the other seven categories. Yes, it is definitely valid. Some people say that because it's not, not a khilafah and there's nobody to uh, collect the zakat officially, you don't have to pay zakat, but that's not true. Uh, we living under whatever situations, we would have to, uh, you know, try to make do in the best of ability because zakat is not hinged completely onto the Islamic khilafah. It's only amilin alayha. And in uh, in that respect, as well as I mentioned, there's two types of well: amal al-dahira, amal al-baqina, that the hukuma they only can take by force uh, the the animal. Uh, the zakat of the animals, they can't take your money, the money has to be given by you. That's why there was this whole big debate about in Pakistan where they said we're going to automatically deduct your zakat from your bank balances. There's this whole debate about that. Right? So, uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, if you take this thing about Islamic Khilafah, that without that so many things cannot happen, there's going to be a lot of things that you cannot do. Now obviously things like killing someone uh, in retribution for murder 
or whipping someone for zina, this will cause a big facade if you try to take that into your own hands and be going against the law of the country and so many other things. So that's a whole different situation. But what we can do without contravening any other major laws and causing some major problems, then we have to discharge that as long as it's not fundamentally attached, you know, in an unhingeable way from the, uh, from the system. If you have poor relatives, example 10, and a limited amount of zakat, example $500, should you divide 50 per poor relative or you can give the money to uh, other poor non-relatives? No, 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 you should give to the poor relatives. Now among them you could give more to those who are more in need. If it's going to cause a fitna, that you gave him more, you know, sometimes that may happen as well, then you can just distribute it. The best thing is to give as much as possible to one person without making him the owner of a nisab after he pays off his debt. But if he's going to cause a problem, you can avoid that by just distributing it uh, equally among them. In, okay. Does a non-profit organization which is technically not a walk like a poetry club or hang gliding club but whose wealth does not go in the hands of any individual in the club have to pay zakat? They do have to pay zakat. They do have to, I mentioned that, right? Uh, unless it's zakat money that they've collected, which is zakat money anyway. Uh, what if it's of a religious nature like a Muslim Students Association? Yes, they have to, unless it's a masjid. Muslim Students Association money is not waqf, right? The if it's money collected for a masjid, then you don't have to pay zakat because it's money for the masjid. If you give someone zakat and tell them that it is a loan, is your zakat valid if, some, uh, if someday they pay you back? Uh, you cannot take that back. If you have intended it to be zakat, then it can only be valid as zakat if it remains by the tell them, I, you know, I forgive you. You know, uh, you don't have to pay me back. And uh, if he gives it back to you, then you can't take it back. Otherwise your zakat will not be discharged. If a non-mature, uh, non-adult child, immature child has more wealth than nisab, is it fard on the parents to pay zakat on that wealth? No. A child can have as much money as he wants until he's not mature, there's no zakat on his wealth. No zakat on his wealth. So, the loophole here would be in the tax system, is that you put it on his name. But obviously you, can't do that. you shouldn't do that in the Sharia. Although in the Hanafi system, if you did that technically, you won't have to pay zakat. Right? But uh, it's makruh to do that. If you lend someone money and are left with no money at all, should you borrow money to pay zakat on the money you lent out? No, we read that today that when you lend money to someone, it's a dain qawi. So although each year's zakat does add up, but you can wait to pay it until you actually, uh, you, can, you can wait to pay it when it comes in. So you don't have to pay immediately, you don't have to get a loan to pay. While we're on that subject, sometimes the wife who's not working has only gold and nothing else. And what should she do? She has to pay zakat because it's probably going to be more than the nisab, more than $800. If she's only got gold and you're only going to look at the gold nisab, 800 to $1,000, whatever it is, let's say she's got $1,500 worth of gold. She's going to have to pay zakat. How does she do it? Well, she can ask the husband for that money and tell him to pay for her if he agrees. Or, if he doesn't agree, if he doesn't have the money, then she'll have to sell off a bit of her gold to pay zakat. Or, give uh, zakat through her gold, with her gold. But she has to pay. Likewise, another question that came up to me was from people who are re in retirement 
they have saved a particular amount, $50,000 for what they think they're going to live for the next 10, 15 years or whatever. And this poor woman came up to me and said, do I have to give zakat? You know, we've got this much money left, it's going to last us for this long, and if we give zakat, you know. I felt really, you know, the way she asked that question, I just felt really sorry for her. And I told her, yes, you have to. Uh, at that moment, it was just like as I was walking out of the masjid or something, and I just couldn't remember enough to make her feel good, but I know that she was like, how, how do we give zakat? Then subhanAllah, the hadith say that your wealth will not decrease by you giving zakat. By you giving in any kind of charity, your wealth will not decrease. You're actually removing the elements from your wealth that could cause a decrease or of you squandering your wealth in the incorrect ways if you don't pay your zakat. So uh, I think I told her that afterwards and you do have to pay zakat if it goes over the nisab, even if that's all the amount of money that you have. Because even in a business aspect, even looking at it in an economical way, they should, that money should be working for them, it shouldn't just be saved up, that money should be out and about. Zakat is only on those things which are to, uh, which are to you know, turn around the economy with. So, for example, gold and silver, this is something which we deal in. Likewise, zakat is not necessary on books or clothing or any other merchandise, uh, uh, any other product or thing non-monetary uh, non thing, unless it's for tijara, in which case you have to pay zakat. So this money should be actually outside, working for you, you should invest it. So others can use it and you can benefit from it. Please clarify on jewelry, is there a minimum amount of time that you can wear your jewelry after which no zakat is due? Example, some people believe that if you wear gold jewelry once a year then no zakat is due. Is this true? I think this is in the Hanbali madhab. In the Hanafi school, whether you wear it every day, you never wear it, whatever, you have to pay zakat on it because the gold and silver is a, uh, is a commodity that needs to be outside. Now, if you're going to hoard it, you have to pay zakat for it. You have to pay the poor due of it, basically. Right? It doesn't matter if you use it or not. Did you say that zakat is due on merchandise that you have in stock? Yes, all merchandise that you have in stock that is going to be sold or that is for selling, that is zakatable. All right? Now, sometimes we buy something, we find a good deal, we buy it. Now we buy it not for business, not primarily for business, but we think that, oh, if I find a good buyer for it, I'll sell it. Otherwise, I'll just keep it myself. Now, because your primary intention there is not for business as merchandise, you don't have to pay zakat, even though your intention, side intention is that I will sell it if I find the right buyer. But your intention has to be primarily, primarily for a merchandise for it to be zakatable, otherwise it's not zakatable. How do you calculate the amount of uh, gold on which zakat is due in, in jewelry uh, that also contains gems? You basically weigh it and then you minus the weight of the gem, right? Or you weigh it and you value it and you man minus the value of the gem. However you want to do it, you have to just somehow come up with the value of the gold in there, either by through the weight or through the value, and then you pay based on that if it's more than the nisab, which is more than eight thousand dollars. I'm not sure exactly what the nisab is nowadays. Can you pay over the 2.5% due just to be sure that you're paying the amount that's due if you don't know the amount you owe? For sure you should do that. It's encouraged to do that because if it's more than what you owe, it's going to be nafil and you're saving yourself. It's like the nafil. 
and you know our nawafil prayer actually make uh, make up for the glitches and mistakes that we do in our wajib and the wajib make up for the fourth prayers likewise here you give a bit extra if you've made a mistake last year or previous years or in this year's calculation it's always good to give a bit more and you know seriously speaking you know twenty thirty dollars more goes a long way because five dollars is the zakat for two hundred dollars right so giving thirty more dollars which is not much money you know is going to be for a number of uh, it is going to be for how much for twelve hundred dollars of zakat right and you can't have made that much of a mistake unless mashallah you're dealing in hundreds of thousands so it's always good to give can a husband pay zakat on behalf of his wife for his dollars no can a husband pay zakat on behalf of his wife from his dollars yes he can if he wants to as long as she agrees as long as she knows and she doesn't um, uh, she, she does not prohibit him from from doing so what if you receive jewelry and it hasn't been in your possession of it for a year you still pay zakat on it for that year if you have other wealth already upon which the zakat be, uh, the zakat year began other wealth cash or something else which was over 150 over 140 or so dollars and your year had begun then anything that comes in between will be added together in other madhabs they take everything some take things separately gold is taken in a separate account and you know all of these things are taken separately but here we do it on a more of a do you call that an accrual basis or a cash basis uh, accrual basis I think I'm not sure of the term but I think maybe you can use this you just lump everything to it so simple on that one day sometimes it works in your favor sometimes it may not but you know we go with that in the Hanafi school can you pay zakat before the end of the year? For example, if my zakat is due in the month of Ramadan, can I pay before the month of Ramadan since I am sahibun nisab? You can, you can, and then if it turned out that you lost all your money before Ramadan, it's fine, whatever you paid in zakat becomes nafil charity, optional charity, you get reward for that. And if you find that in Ramadan, mashallah, you got more money, and there was more zakat, oh, then you could pay the extra as well. Does receiving money of zakat, is, is it looked down upon? What if I decide to become a student of the deen? and then I receive zakat, is this way of thinking acceptable? Well, don't, uh, as long as a person doesn't enter into this kind of vocation or whatever uh, with the intention that I can get zakat money, that's why I'm going to go and study, right? Then it's okay, you know. Uh, if that's the intention, then that's wrong, and this is really silly intention. But if the person is going to study and he, and he thinks that the only thing I'm going to be able to survive on is zakat money, then he, he, it's okay for him to take it. Allah has permitted for him to take it. But it's best not to take it if you can help it to the best of your ability. And you know, as I mentioned in the beginning, it says that if somebody asks for zakat money, it's not permissible for him to ask for zakat money if he has his day's needs. Right? Don't worry about tomorrow. And it's not permissible for the person to give him if he knows that situation. However, it's better to give someone who doesn't ask. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran as well, يَحْسَبُهُمُ الْجَاهِلُ أَغْنِيَاءَ مِنَ التَّعَافُفْ تَعْرِفُهُمْ بِسِيمَاهُمْ لَا يَسْأَلُونَ النَّاسَ إِلْحَافَةً That the, the, these are such people who uh, you'll only notice by uh, other ways, but they won't ask you. And they won't persistently ask you. For They're the best of people to give to. Can you make a discount as a zakat, i.e. you have a car of uh, worth 1,000, set it for 500 to a poor person by intending the remaining money to be zakat? Not if you 
sell it as the price of 500 to the poor person. You have to say, I'm selling it to you for 5,000. Right? You can give me 500 now and uh, you can give me the 500 later on. He gives you 500, then you say, forget about the other 500. He has to know that he's buying the car from you. The value has to be determined. Otherwise, you could, it could only be worth 500 and you can say 1,000 and uh, you know, I'll, I'll make it up with him. He has to think he's getting it for five uh, for a thousand, but you're letting him off five hundred. You can say, uh, "I'll sell it to you a thousand, and do you agree?" He said, "Yes, I'll let you off five hundred. Or you can, if the market rate is a thousand, he's not going to buy it from you for a thousand because he doesn't have that money. You can say, "Look, for you especially, right? I will gift you the five hundred dollar worth, and I'll give you. Uh, you can buy the other half of me, which is worth a five thousand five hundred dollars. Then that would be fine, as long as." it's made clear that the other half is being gifted to him and it's worth something right and it's worth something you can't just make up a worth for that for a qawi loan the strong loan if you receive uh, one-fifth of the nisab do you pay 2.5 percent of one-fifth or do you pay uh, one-fifth or uh, do you pay the one-fifth that you get no you pay one-fifth of what you get is zakat obligation fulfilled if zakat is given to someone with more than nisab but you don't know because you don't want to ask and you make the person feel uncomfortable? You have to determine to the best of your ability. This is a zakat issue. This is a farb issue. It's not an issue of nafal. So you have to do the best that you can and then you give it to the person and then you leave it to Allah. Right? But if you have any reason of doubt, you should avoid it because of uh, because it's a fard, uh, because it's an obligation that needs to be fulfilled. Okay, in the medium, uh, the wasat loan debt, do you do a compound calculation on a straight calculation or a straight calculation? Okay, let me take the next one first. Shouldn't debts owed be paid from one third of the inheritance? No. Uh, going to the inheritance issue. There are two types of debts. One are those debts which are owed to people. The other is the debt that is owed to Allah. For example, uh, debt owed to people is money that you borrowed from them or you owe them for merchandise or something of that nature. The other debt is to Allah for salat that you've missed, zakat that you owe. All right? They're both ty different types of debt, but they're both debts. Once a person dies, what is the order in which money needs to be uh, the money needs to be, uh, what do you call it, distributed or uh, what do you call it, or, um, dispersed. Firstly, the money for debts, okay, which means any debt that's owned to the human being, to the person, not to Allah, okay, only those that are owned to people, you have to give that up and you have to take care of the kafan dafan. So those two things are first. Then, if he has made wasiyah, if he has bequested that his debts for zakat, that his zakat or the salat or fasting he's missed be discharged from his inheritance, then they can be discharged from up to one third of his inheritance. After other debts are paid and after his kafan and shouting has been taken care of, burial expenses have been taken care of. If he has not made a bequest but he owes zakat, then it's up to the inheritors. 
if they say it was my father let's you know let's agree then they can give as from as much as they want they can give from their own pockets if they want but if he has not bequested then they cannot uh, it's not necessary for them to pay so that's how it works in the discussion about debt of the three categories applied to do the three categories apply to the person owing PTO uh, in an Islamic country no, that's, if the question is when you owe yeah you look at the kind of debt that you owe to others no right no if you have to pay someone yeah no in in what you owe to someone you know there is the two categories one is what you have to pay immediately and one what is a deferred debt so as I mentioned to you that some of the scholars have made a distinction between uh, immediate debts and deferred debts but the technical superior opinion is of the fact that you can deduct every kind of debt but as I mentioned the best thing to do is to only deduct the immediate payments and not to deduct the payments of the that are not due to you right now you know, like in. But does that also include the the not wealth equivalent debts, such as the you killed someone and you have to pay is the uh, or yeah. you. No, uh, all of that is deductible. Okay, so all. Of yeah, that even is the mahar of uh, everything. You're saying that you're denying. That is deductible. <laughs> <laughs> that is deductible, but you're going to get a lot of sin because you're denying on one side and you're also tricking Allah on the other side. So that that's really serious. Um, in in an Islamic country should zakat be paid to collectors or directly to the poor well if the collector comes then you should give it to the collector or you can give it to the poor as well you can give it to either but you shouldn't uh, if it's necessary for some reason to give it to the collectors uh, then you should probably give it to them but I'm not sure maybe you should ask the ulama uh, it, it depends I guess you could give it to anybody you could give it to any poor technically speaking Superior would be to give it to whoever needs it most. I paid my zakat. Then that's fine. In uh, then that should be okay. If he's paid it, because then it's a it's an obligation to Allah. In partnerships, is there a specific way of calculating profit loss for purposes of zakat? No, just straightforward. Um, you know, straightforward losses, straightforward profits. You just bring those two together. I'm just thinking. Yeah, for the purpose of tax, there's a lot of loopholes we use. No, you don't. You won't use all of those gimmicks. Expenses, for example, to buy a computer. Right. Is that an expense that you deduct right out? Yeah. Because that's going to last you for three years. It doesn't matter. For example, doesn't matter. Anything you've spent on. Anything you've spent on, you're going to deduct. It's another issue whether you're spending that money, squandering it, or uselessly, or without need. That's a different issue. But technically speaking, it's going to be deductible if you bought a, you know, a computer or two cars or whatever the case is. Can you discuss the rulings for accepting zakat or sadaqah? I think we did that. Um, in so that was the end of that. There's a small form that I have here, a uh, chart. And there was also, let's look at this chart quickly. The first thing you look at is the cash on hand, what you have cash in your hand or in your wallet or under your mattress, and cash at the bank, stock in trade, 
there's a few aspects that we still have to look at. Hopefully by next time I'm going to try to bring a conclusive detailed discussion on zakat, on 401k and stocks and things like that. Hopefully, inshallah. So stock in trade, the value of your stocks, gold and silver jewelry, money owed to you, debtors, money owed to you, uh, income of properties if you own properties and there's rent coming in from them, shares, uh, which is basically, actually stock in trade here means, according to the British uh, equivalent, stock in trade means your inventory in your business. And shares is the stock, the current price of your shares because that's your value, right? and uh, you total that up, then you minus money you owe to others, creditors, you minus that, and you get the amount, the total amount eligible for zakat, and then you take 2.5% of that. There was a spreadsheet going around, which I'm sure most of you must have received, uh, it was being emailed around. However, that's based on maybe the Shafi school or some other school, because they have zakat on diamonds and stones and things on there and they have a few other aspects we need to modify that because uh, in the Hanafi school it's uh, it's a bit less than what's mentioned on there then we could use that as well they should actually there they should actually be a website somebody should develop in which uh, people can actually uh, choose the mother for instance and download or you know go into uh, you know, calculate their zakat on some kind of spreadsheet a dynamic uh, process there and on any con confusing issues they can actually email and uh, you know get an answer uh, answer for that. Online tax, right, online taxing, maybe this can only be done in Ramadan time, right, for uh,